0: reading anything you're 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 transported into a different world and you only have your mind and your imagination like no one's creating like a picture in your mind but yourself i think when you're bored you just pick up your phone and you start scrolling yeah. but i think that um, it's important to be bored and it's important to um, do other things with your mind I think that starting small, like you could just read a book of short stories and Mm -hmm. get a short story in or read a book of essays. So I don't think you have to like pick up, you know, war and peace or anything. (laughs) You can just read a short story or a graphic novel, like start small.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Zhao. And today, I'm very happy to be joined with the expert of the studio herself, the public services librarian, Alexis Akero. What's up? How you
0: doing? Hi, Channon. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, of all the reservations, <laughs> of all after all this time,
0: I can't believe I'm finally <laughs> finally in the, the studio, studio <laughs> in front of the microphone instead of behind the behind the scenes.
1: I don't know, yeah. So the first question I use, you. So why did you decide to become a librarian?
0: Um, I I worked very part time as a librarian in my town library many years ago and. I really loved it. Um, And even um, through the years, like when I would hear of people going to library school or becoming librarians, I'd always think, wow, that's so awesome. But I never considered doing it because for a lot of librarians, you have to go, you have to get your master's. And I was like, I don't want to go back to school. And then I got to this point where when I worked at this small library library, I really loved it. I loved working with the community, and I was like, maybe I'll take a class in library science and see see how I like it. And mm-hmm. so I took a class, and I was like, this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's – and I learned that, like, there's so many things you could do under the umbrella of librarianship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think working at my tiny library and having that experience and then going to school – um, and seeing what it was all about really was inspiring, and yeah, and I really I love helping people. I've always had jobs in in service, mm-hmm. so um, and librarians really are in the the service industry for sure. Interesting, yeah. People.
1: So what what is your job as a librarian like? When what do you do
0: here at NMH? Yeah. So I do. Quite a few things. Um, One of the main things that I do is I support teachers and students. Mm -hmm. So I work with teachers um, and uh, talk to them about how the library can um, support their classes. Mm -hmm. I also provide um, research and citation help for students. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I come into classes. As you know, I've I think I've come into a few of your classes yeah. and given sort of like an intro to how to use the library and Noodle what databases. Tools and all those Noodle databases, tools, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I also do is because NMH is a boarding school community, and there's um, you know students, faculty, and um, families that live on campus. I really work to do outreach and start programs in the library that bring people into the library. Mm -hmm. Um, I also do um, what's called collection development, which Mm. is basically um, buying books that I think that the community wants to read, Mm -hmm. but also books that um, will support curriculum. And I do interlibrary loans. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I don't know if I'm missing anything, but Mm -hmm. I do outreach access services and um mm-hmm. and yeah, supporting teachers and that's, students. Yeah.
1: And that's that's a lot of jobs. <laughs> a lot yeah. of a lot of things that fall under all of it. Do you really enjoy it? Do you do you like it?
0: I love it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Is this something that you've always wanted to do or?
0: No. no, I never thought when I was a kid like I want to be a librarian. <laughs> um, even though I thought it was, I I loved libraries and. Um, but I think if you had told if you had told me when I was in college that I would become a librarian, I would have think, Wow, that's really cool. But I wouldn't have thought that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I I think I I wanted to be a librarian a lot later in my. Not a lot later in my life because I don't think of myself as like an old person, <laughs> but, but like especially after I had kids, I was like, actually, librarianship seems amazing to me, and I want to do this, but um, yeah, I did always think it was awesome like librarians were awesome, and libraries were great yeah. places. What
1: did you want to do
0: when I was younger or yeah um I it's hard. It's, that's a hard question. Um, I think I had, when I was a, when I was younger, when I was in high school, I went to arts high school uh, for theater. Really? And so I th- had some thought that maybe I would be an actor or a filmmaker of some kind. I studied film and theater. Uh-huh. Um, and I loved the performing arts. So I thought yeah. maybe I would be involved in that. And I did work in that industry for a little bit, like during college, Mm -hmm. um, sort of behind the scenes and didn't really like it. Really? Yeah. And also I think a factor that, you know, led me out of that was that I, well, I grew up in Los Angeles where it's like a huge film industry and, Mm -hmm. um, performing arts hub. Um, Mm -hmm. And being, being around that, I was like, I don't know if this is the place for me. But then also, I went to college in Western Mass. And I mm-hmm. fell in love with this area. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that's sort of one of the things that made me change what I kind of wanted to do.
1: Interesting. And you talked about, so so there are a few things that you mentioned of uh, specific jobs, being mm-hmm. a librarian. So, first of all, you did mention, like, giving this as a resource to to students and teachers. And I mean, I don't think we need that much explanation because it's like, it's kind of self-explanatory, but do you, did you have to sort of spend a lot of time to understand all these resources and do you,
0: because it's it's
1: really there's a lot of databases there's a
0: lot and databases are not easy to understand even for librarians sometimes like Mm. there's a i think i think um you know what you learn in library school is how information is organized Mm. and um how to find information and how it's like categorized and stuff like that. So, um, but also each library you work at, even though there's there are systems in place that are standardized, um, each library works somewhat differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, learning about what databases NMH had and um, how to use them mm-hmm. and how different classes could use them, like different... Um, you know, different subjects here at NMH, like the humanities and history and English and yeah. and all those um, subjects. Um, yeah. And what I, tips
1: do you have for people to find quality resources? Well... Because there are a lot of resources. There,
0: there. are a lot. And thankfully, our databases are set up in such a way where um, they only contain quality resources like resources that are like articles that are written by experts in the field um so i we're always encouraging students to use our databases to find articles but Mm -hmm. searching for them is another thing and that's kind of where the tricky part comes and it's sometimes it's even hard for us to find things in the databases because there's just so much Mm -hmm. and i feel like what happens Sometimes is um, students are looking for something super super specific to prove their um, prove their theory or um, mm. put um, as an you know as an example, and sometimes things just don't uh, there's just not that that specific mm-hmm. information out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah.
1: And with, so that's sort of the first thing. And second thing is you'd say you do a lot of program development outreach. Yeah. And there are, so for example, I remember that reading competition that you always do with long weekends or like spring breaks. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, not long weekends. Usually the breaks. Usually breaks, like longer breaks, like summer break or all that. Um, Do you sort of come up with all these things by yourself or... Do you have other people helping sometimes you?
0: Sometimes by myself or sometimes in like a staff meeting, someone will have an idea and mm-hmm. will be like, oh, yeah, that's a really great idea. Or even talking to students, um, for example, um, this month is Poetry Month. And I really also try to go off of the sort of heritage months and mm. special um, special themes of the month. Um, so April's Poetry Month, and I know of a student in the library who has expressed expressed uh, interest in poetry and so I collaborated with her and she like came up with love poems and we put them on the table for everyone to take a love poem so so cool! I really do like collaborating with students I think that um, you know oftentimes students have like such great ideas that maybe that I wouldn't think of and I also want to appeal to students and do things that I know that students will like to do and definitely you know bring them in the library that people love
1: competition People and love people competition love prizes. People <laughs> love winning prizes.
0: Um, yeah, and I try to have some workshops in the library sometimes. And yeah. also, like, I really like reaching out to um to uh, like faculty kids who are mm-hmm. younger and who might find things in the children's room. So, you know, we have such a diverse community here at NMH where we do have like little kids who come into the library sometimes. Yeah. And, and there's and a
1: kids' room right right over there too. Yep. Yeah. And there's like a kid library too. Yeah, there the are little picture little books
0: stuff. and middle grade books mm-hmm. and you know, like early reader chapter books and stuff like mm-hmm. that.
1: So And um so as a program developer or is it is this is it just your job or do you sort of have a team to help you out or do you have to sort of figure a lot of things out by yourself to do a lot of outreach because a lot of the emails come out through you too. Yeah,
0: it is a lot. It is, it is my part of my job description that yeah. I do outreach. Yeah. Um, so while uh, I get a lot of ideas from a lot of faculty or not faculty and a lot of my fellow um, staff people. Mm -hmm. Um, it is really up to me to implement them Mm -hmm. and get the word out. Um,
1: and what's it what, how how challenging is that? Like what are the biggest challenges you face, or,
0: I think maybe yeah. the challenge is, the biggest challenge is, is maybe running out of ideas. <laughs> um, but luckily, you know each month is different, and each month is like a new heritage month, and yeah. there's new stuff always happening. Mm-hmm. I also really like when there are like guest speakers or there's you know, Special weeks like Climate Action Week is coming up. We're going to put up a display on um, books about climate change and the environment. Um, so there's always something happening here, mm-hmm. so, um, but sometimes there are like little lulls where there's not much going on, especially yeah. like after the holidays, yeah. um, January. It's like, what is even hap- like, we're not in school for very long in January. And then um, sort of <laughs> like after the holidays sort of gets to be like, not, not as much nice stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, but what's cool also is that um, for my first couple years working here, I worked with Peter Weiss in the archives. Mm-hmm. So, I also have a lot of that to draw from Mm -hmm. uh, and bringing the community in that way by kind of knowing what we have in our archives Mm -hmm. and trying to put some of that stuff on display.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So I do have actually a lot to work with, but sometimes I do run out of ideas.
1: Yeah. And speaking of Heritage Month, um, one thing that I, I, are these Heritage Months? Does designed by, like, you know, is it, like, an NMH tradition, an NMH culture, or is it Heritage Month that is related to, like, you know, global events, or it's...
0: Um, I Sometimes um, Heritage Months are called, like, International Heritage Months, where, mm-hmm. like, it's, I guess, agreed upon internationally, like, this is going to be Black History Month, or mm. this is going to be um, Latinx Heritage Month. True, yeah. Um, but I think it's mostly a thing in the United States where the government um, or, you know, whoever's president at the time um, decides that this this month is going to be dedicated to, um, like, black history, for example. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I go off, like, the government websites and see, like, oh, what is, what, heritage month is in, you know, like September. Yeah. Or March or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I I they all are kind of different. I think March is Women's History Month maybe only in the United States, but don't quote me on that. I mm-hmm. can't really remember. Mm-hmm. Um so uh yeah, it kind of depends what month mm-hmm. it is if it's celebrated internationally or yeah, just in the United that's States.
1: True. Yeah. And the last thing that you mentioned with the job librarian is you mentioned how um, you collect books, and you no, you don't only collect books, but you also run this thing where Well, collection development, where, collection development, collection yeah.
0: development, yeah, where we 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 buy books for the library.
1: And what is your process of selecting books, and how do you select books?
0: That's a really good question. It's a few different factors um, every month. At the library, or actually twice, twice in a month, we get um, this magazine called Kirkus Reviews, and it's mm-hmm. basically a review of all the new books that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, all the library staff reads those, mm-hmm. and then we kind of select what we think that the community would be interested in.
1: Mm-hmm. But I
0: also, I just, I read a lot about books. Mm. And
1: do you read every single book? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't have that time. Would be <laughs> it would be cool,
0: but I don't. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't read as many books as you think a librarian might. I know a lot of librarians who read so many books all the time, but I do read a lot about books. And so I read the New York Times um, book review and Mm. I read um, like book riot and Mm. I read a lot about like popular books, the bestsellers Mm -hmm. um, and sort of try to get a couple bestsellers for the library because not only do we want books for people to use for, their classes, yeah. But we also want books for people to read for entertainment purposes.
1: Entertainment, yeah. Um, and also for outside learning. Exactly. Um, yeah, right. Like downstairs in the silent room, there's so many books. Yeah. And and you see, here's the one thing I realized is, I feel like, in, and I've only sort of got to it this year. I feel like, um, we wor- we just weren't put. We, we just there wasn't like an emphasis, or there just wasn't know like a place that showed us how how much resource it is out there in here
0: in the library in the
1: library mm-hmm. that we weren't like conscious of it and i was like you know check looking at like i i spent one hour yesterday just in the library just like looking at books you know and, I, and it was so cool <laughs> and then i checked out two books and then one was from one one book. The last checkout was in 2019. And mm-hmm. The other book, the last checkout was in 2014. And I was like, wait, why? Why don't <laughs> why don't people just come here to check check out books? And I think that, um, like, what wh- what do you think about that? You know, what what sometimes like, why do you think not a lot of people fully utilize this brilliant resource that, that's here?
0: I don't know. I mean, we. We really try to get the word out about the library. Um, And also, you know, like I'm always emailing the community. I feel like I meet a lot of people on campus who are like, oh, I've never met you in person, but I've read all your emails. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I sent out so many emails. Um, But I think it's a mix. Like we... um, We try to appeal to teachers and bring classes in. Um, I think if you have classes in the library, you're like, okay, I'm in the library. But you might not have um, a library instruction session where we talk about all the resources the library has. Mm -hmm. Um, The library used to be on an orientation schedule. So, Mm -hmm. like, if you came in as um, a new student, you would have, um, like, a a couple hours where we talked about the library Mm -hmm. and that didn't happen this year. Mm -hmm. Um, We'd love to continue to do that because we really want people to know about our resources. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I also worry that like when I do send out so many emails, people are like, I cannot deal with (laughs) this lady sending me. (laughs) So if I send an email about like, Oh my gosh, check out these cool books called, VSIs, which are called, which are very short introductions, we keep them upstairs. Mm. Um, You know, I try to send out emails talking about our resources, but I feel like I kind of overload our community sometimes with that kind of info. Um, I think it's, while we'd love to reach every single student, Mm -hmm. it just sometimes is impossible Mm -hmm. um, to do that, but it's definitely one of our goals to get everyone in the library
1: definitely and what are some some actions that you have um taken like apart from i i know you do, you um generate a lot of ideas for activities or like competitions to sort of um get people to to read what what other ways have you have the library um tried to sort of get people to come here to read more books
0: um well, yeah, I think those those little competitions are helpful. Mm. I also feel like, um, well, there was a, we did a mental health awareness uh, month last May, and we're going to do that again this, this May. Well, we were like, had little giveaways, like little, um, like fidgets we were giving away. And I think a lot of people, because they were like, oh, I love a fidget. I want to get one, came into the library and some people were like, I have ever been in the library before. And so like That's that crazy. little incentive, like just brought them into the library in general. Yeah. Um, but also, um, I think making, creating really positive relationships with teachers and saying, bring your class into the library. I mean, that is one of the ways I think people, if, you know, cl- if students are, you know, kind of, a part of their class is coming into the library, mm-hmm. that's a sure way that they will be in the library. And if we do instruction with their class, that's a sure way that they will have hands-on experience on how to use the library. So mm-hmm. little things like it really has to be the student's decision to come in to like find a book that they want to read. But also we can really... We can get teachers to bring their students into the classes too as part of their curriculum.
1: And that's interesting how you mentioned um that a lot of people have might have not even came into the library before. Yeah. And that that's kind of shocking to, to, to hear that, oh, you've been like we've been in this school and we've been in this community, but then we are missing out on you know, like a major building that is what school is founded on, which is the library. Uh, well, sorry, I need to rephrase that a little better. But you know, like every school has a library, and edu- mm-hmm. the school's purpose for education, mm-hmm. and you know, books is essential to education. So like the, that's what I meant by library is like absolutely essential. But then a lot of people haven't really been here or yeah. haven't really, you know, gone gotten, gotten used to these resources and.
0: Well, and remember, I mean, during, um, in 2020, when, um, COVID hit, the libraries pretty much closed. Like Mm -hmm. we couldn't, um, people could still request books, but, um, and you know, for a lot of that, you know, everyone was doing classes on zoom. Mm -hmm. So I think that like we had to work a lot harder whenever, when we could be in person again Mm -hmm. to bring people in again. Mm -hmm. Um, cause we just sort of got out of the, everyone's mind kind of, mm. or some, you know, some people's minds, but that was also a challenge because we didn't have books on display. Um, people couldn't browse the books. We had this wild system of, you know, it was before we knew about, um, COVID on surfaces, mm-hmm. you know, um, we had this system of just like letting the books, Rest or disinfecting them after they came back from people. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that now that you know we have been open for you know uh, you know s- a two years or so. Yeah, time is yeah. time is so confusing to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that we're really really trying to get people in, but for a while people couldn't come in.
1: That's true, and I think that's that's one that's that must be a very challenging thing to you know because. You, know, you you run the library, and then you, know, you, you put in all this hard work, but then people couldn't really come into the library, and that's definitely a challenge. And I think one another big aspect that goes into it is maybe a lot of people just don't understand the need or assen- necessity to read. Possibly. So, yeah, and wh- from your perspective, why should we read, and why should we read books?
0: I think that reading engages the mind in ways that like scrolling and watching movies. I mean, I think that there's, I think it's great to watch movies and films and TV shows and stuff, but I think that it engages your imagination like nothing else can. And I also think it gives you an opportunity to, um, if you're reading, you know, if you're reading fiction, it's you're you're being taken to a new place. You're taking, I mean, reading anything, you're 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 transported into a different world, and you only have your mind and your imagination. Like no one's creating, like a picture in your mind, but yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're reading um, maybe a description of something, but that's all created in your mind. Whatever you're thinking about mm-hmm. while you're reading, and I think it's so essential. Um, and I think that people, um, you know, when you're bored, I think it's, I think when you're bored, you just pick up your phone and you start scrolling. Yeah. But I think that, um, it's important to be bored and it's important to, um, do other things with your mind than just like staring at something. Um, I think reading engage, engage really engages the mind
1: yeah and speaking of the boredom point that's that's a very interesting point because with technology we are less bored and less bored they're, they're like boredom is sort of taken away but boredom is essential to human beings and we we don't feel bored anymore because we are on our digital things all the time and this is one thing i realized you know uh, we like especially recognized like late in in recent years and I've minimized my digital usage because I realized oh because I'm not giving and I think because boredom is so important like boredom Totally totally yeah, agree. boredom sparks creativity sparks imagination sparks Completely. great ideas. Yeah. you know cuz because if we don't let our mind to process if we don't let our mind just sit there and run how is it ever going to feed us great ideas?
0: Completely. Yeah. I completely agree. I think there's nothing more powerful than, you know, like say you're taking a, you're on a train and you're just, you're not listening to anything. Maybe you're listening to like music or something, but not even like a podcast. I mean, no offense. no offense. (laughs) It's great to listen to podcasts, but just like letting your mind go somewhere. And, um, I think there's something super meditative about it, but I also agree that, um, when we're bored, we come up with ideas, and we come up with our own ways of not being bored. Or maybe we process feelings that we have um, that we never processed before, or think about um, and a uh, memory. Uh, mm. I think that that's super important. I and I and feel like yeah. because we're always we're always able to distract ourselves with something else, um, we're not able to be as bored as we should be.
1: And. You mentioned a great point about understanding self and self-awareness, and that's really important, too, um, it, especially if you look at the grand scheme of things. And how do you think reading can help self-awareness, too?
0: I mean, I think by reading, you can put yourself um, in someone else's shoes, maybe. it would Depending on what you're reading, of course, like... I think reading about people who've had unique experiences or people from other backgrounds can give you a lot of perspective about yourself mm-hmm. and your situation. I think reading can really create empathy mm-hmm. um, and um, expose you to, you know, expose you to all different kinds of people and cultures and and diverse ways of thinking and, and ideas, even if you don't like them. Um, but I think it gives you like a kind of autonomy to decide, oh, I get this, or I don't get this, or, um, I like this, or this seems really, this, this experience this person had seems really hard and wow, boy, am I lucky, or, um, I can relate to having that experience. Um, I think there's so much that, um reading can expose you to that um you can use for you know so even self discovery
1: yeah definitely and also you mentioned a great point how we are we can put ourselves in the shoes of other people's experience because it's it's out there the resources out there and it's it's like we're having a conversation with this person but that's that could could have been through something that we cannot imagine for example like, Um, you know reading about refugee experience or reading about war experience Mm -hmm. or reading about um, you know a a person of a complete different culture and that's that's and to understand where they're coming from and their backgrounds can really elevate how we perceive other people and how we sort of go about with 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 you know with like understanding others and yeah like I remember reading this book from Trevor Noah and uh-huh. Um understanding his story, and i because I used to watch his talk shows before, but after reading that you know I sort of understood him and i got to understood i i get uh, there's like a deeper layer of connection when I watch his shows again or also just with you know with his culture and with with just just understanding other people too you know totally. to, to to so because you sit through and you sort of go through another people's experience and you learn from it too. Yeah. You learn from like his successes, you learn from his mistakes. And I think that's reading is, reading is very fascinating. And and yeah. for you, um, would you suggest for us to like, if we want to build this reading habit, how, how can we find more time to read? Because in, in it's a hard. school like <laughs> Herman, you know, we're bombarded with work already and totally. there's extracurriculars and there's, Um, there's extracurriculars, there's sports, there's all these things that's going on. There's
0: a lot. And, and it's easy to say, stop scrolling, pick up a book, but you know, it's It's like, it's
1: definitely a challenge because, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and sometimes, you know, like, well, while reading can really engage your mind, it also can like, it can give your mind a break from, um, depending on what you're reading, of course. But, like, it could give your mind a break from other things. Um, So it really is a kind of self-care. I mean, I sometimes read books that I know are going to be maybe kind of bad. But, like, um, they're just fun to read. Um, I think that starting small, like, you could just read a book of short stories and Mm -hmm. get a short story in or read a book of essays um, I also feel like graphic novels are really fun and mm-hmm. I know students who, um, really love engaging with graphic novels cause they go by really quickly. Like you could read a whole graphic novel, like in an hour or less, or, mm-hmm. you know, a couple hours. Um, they're kind of like, you know, watching a show. They they're, um, The illustrations, are, you know, often are super engaging. So I don't think you have to, like, pick up, you know, war and peace or anything. <laughs> you can just read a short story or a graphic novel. Like, start small.
1: I totally agree with you. And I think you you got – you that's spot on right there. I think one big issue – I was just about to say this – that a lot of people don't read is they feel like reading is too intimidating. That reading yeah. is too long and that it's too big and they don't have time for it. So they just end up, you know, scrolling. But if you actually look at the time, you know, they might be scrolling for like 40, 30, 40 minutes. And, yeah, you could be, and, you could be reading and, Or something. you could be reading for 30, 40 minutes. However, after scrolling for 30, 40 minutes, you know, not, not saying like, well, it depends on where you're schooling, but most likely you're still at the same level. You know, you're still like this. But if you're 30, 40 minutes immersed into a book, you're, you're taking into a no, new world. You're, there's scientific research that shows your brain actually functions, not functions. but or Like
0: creates new like neural, neural pathways. Path, neural
1: pathway, neural connections and all that. So it's totally it's su- super cool. And, and I think you're on to a great point there to start small.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah, I sometimes get intimidated. Like I'll see a really long book and I'm like, no way, not doing that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Or
0: just like, you know, it's like a really long book. I'll, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to wait for like a nice long break where I can really get into that book or, um, or yeah, just, just starting small. And honestly also reading is like practicing anything like, if you even if you feel like you're not like a super fast reader it's just it's really like anything like the more you do it the better you'll be at like reading comprehension mm. it may sound silly because uh, a lot of you know we all we all know how to read here at NMH and some people read slower and some people read faster and there are also some people who um it's reading is a challenge for them, and reading comprehension is a challenge. But I think if you work with, with material that is accessible, and also, I mean, we th- another resource that we have here at NMH that's amazing is we have a lot of teachers, and we have um, a lot of programs like CASA to really help students um, with reading too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely, and yeah and and th- that's exactly that's exactly a great point right there is that you can build build on your yeah, reading and you can improve totally and the point of starting small is you can start off with a graphic novel mm-hmm. and and you know maybe yes you may like for people who haven't read in a very long time like you know for people those of you out there listening who haven't read your book for english class, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which i know of many <laughs> of you but <laughs> but um yeah, but once you yes you you may have to for them they might have to start on a really basic like a you know graphic novel for like primary school students you know and
0: get fine. through it
1: but then you know their ego might be preventing them from doing it but but once they got through there and then second step is perhaps like a you know like back to middle school level and then back to mm-hmm. high school level and then to college level and then to like you know f- philosophy you know, like Emmanuel Kant or all these guys you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: so um. I think step-by-step step is actually very important, like you said.
0: And I also want to mention that audiobooks are, like, a completely great way of uh, reading or experiencing books. Like, um, something that I really have thought a lot about is um, sometimes, you know, someone will be like, oh, how many books have you read or whatever. Um, I will just include audiobooks also because – um, I'm engaging my brain mm-hmm. in a way. I'm listening to a new story. Um, and also, if I mean, audiobooks are also a way that um, people who have like visual impairments or you know or blind people that is how they read yeah you know that is how they experience books for the most part there's braille but it's much more widely used audiobooks are much more widely used um for people with visual um, impairments definitely
1: and i think audiobooks have definitely definitely taken a rise lately uh, with audible and also with um yeah like i remember last year i was having a podcast with um john carroll i don't know if you
0: Mm -hmm, remember him
1: um but he was saying that he would always read three books at the same time two he's sort of one he's sort of reading at night one he's reading throughout the day and one one audible that he always listens to and i think that's very interesting because audiobooks you can listen to wherever you are you don't have to physically find a quiet space to sit down and open up a book because you know re- sometimes reading is kind of challenging if you're in a crowded space or something. Yeah. But um, you can literally plug in and open a book, and you can be walking from beverage to dining hall and totally. you can listen to a book. And also another thing I want to add add on to that is reading. Sometimes we 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 because it's it feels intimidating because it feels long. Mm-hmm. We wait to like oh big chunks of th- we, we until we have big chunks of time. But then we uh, often that time really rarely comes, so we we just end up don't reading at all. But actually, like if we just take just just bit by bit, you know, if we are out, if we are waiting for a car, you know, and the car arrives in five minutes, tendency is to pick up a phone and scroll for five minutes. You know, it doesn't feel long. Mm-hmm. Or you can pick up a book and read for five minutes. Yep. Either way, but then actually, but then, but then you're actually building the the, the habit of reading, and then it, it, it grows exponentially and yeah. Totally. Anyways, that's a
0: cool. That's a good, that's a good technique. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, anyways, and I think I'm saying this for myself too, at times too, because I feel like I'm not the, I know the essence and importance of reading, but I don't read enough. And I feel I the same it. way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish that I read more and some, you know, sometimes when I go home and worked all day, all I want to do is watch television. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I think a lot for a lot of people, you know, the goal to read more is always there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think every it, it, this is the interesting thing about reading is is that I always like sometimes to talk about books with other people and then and then I talk T- and I and I might be carrying a book around and then people might be like, Oh, what is that book? Oh, that's interesting. I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, totally. It's <laughs> yeah. a good then, a conversation and then, starter. And then, <laughs> and then but then but then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I've heard of that book. I've only heard of it. it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I think that's the state where mo- most people are in. And I feel like everyone sort of knows that they should read, but don't read quite enough and nothing
0: And I think it's really like what one of the hardest things for me is recommending books for people, to be honest, mm-hmm. because I mean that is that's is part of my job as a public services librarian is to mm-hmm. recommend books to people. Mm-hmm. But I just find that people have such different tastes that mm-hmm. a book that I find incredible might not appeal to another person. So it's really finding out, okay, what did you like to read before? What kind of genre do you like reading? um uh, and suggest like suggesting books to people is really i feel like that actually now that i think about it is one of the ch- most challenging things for me other librarians love readers it's called readers advisory when you advise people on what to read some people love it i'm still like kind of intimidated because mm-hmm. i'm like okay we have to figure out what it is you like to read and i and i try to think of other books that Are similar to that Mm -hmm. Um, because I know that you know my taste isn't going to match up with someone else's
1: and yeah and so when you are recommending books would you say that understanding another person is extremely important and how how do you sort of go go about it do you have like questions that you sort of know in the back of your mind that you you would ask them a couple questions just to figure out what books? Definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's called it's like a, kind of an interview that yeah. you're that you're <laughs> that you're taking. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the questions is often like, what's the last book you read that you really liked? So mm-hmm. that or is there an author that you really like or is there a genre that you love like science fiction or mysteries or um, it, especially, if you know, this is for people who are reading for pleasure um, like, you know, some some people are. Some people say, I just want to read nonfiction. Well, that's a huge range of books. <laughs> like, what are you interested in? You know, like, what topics are you interested in yeah. under the whole umbrella of nonfiction? Yeah, we um, have an
1: entire library over yeah, there. There's a lot in there. Of nonfiction. Yeah.
0: So, are you interested in history? Or are you interested in the sciences? So, I think at, um, asking those really broad questions and then getting a little more. Details out of that, but I think um, usually sometimes people are like, "Well, the last book I read, I really liked, but I'm not in the mood for that." Okay, so what are you in the mood for? Do you mm. want some a challenging read or something like a little more fluffy? Or you know, it really, yeah, it is. It's an interview, it pretty much. An interview.
1: <laughs> and and yeah, I, I and would you say that you know, sort of being a librarian, it you're sort you understand people pretty well? I in think some sense. I try
0: to understand people. Yeah. Um, and I also, you know, I think at the core of every librarian is this desire to provide like a welcoming space for everybody mm-hmm. and make sure that everyone feels comfortable mm-hmm. and that they um, can ask you any kinds of questions. Yeah, that's so, really important. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like um, a part of that is really trying to get to people's level and um, and under and, and yeah and be a really good listener.
1: That's very important. Yeah. Um, another question, or this could be a separate question for you. What are some books that you recommend? Just in general, that, what are your personal favorites?
0: Right mm. now. That's a really hard question. (laughs) I really like reading books of essays.
1: Really?
0: um, Because um, I, you know, because I don't have a lot of time to read. And I think that, like, a book of essays, you you could read um, an essay and then put it down and um, maybe, like, a know a few days or a week will pass and you can just pick up the book again and read another essay that's sort of on a on a different topic yeah um i really love reading um joan didion essays Mm -hmm. and um i really like rebecca solnit as an essayist um bell hooks is really great um i feel like People who, I mean, I'm talking all, they're mostly feminists. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, it's really hard for me to recommend like a specific book, but I think that I recommend that people get out of their comfort zone and read something that they don't usually read and see if they like it. And if they don't, I also feel like it's totally okay if you read a book Mm -hmm. to stop reading it and not continue, but th- there are certain kind of people, kinds of people, um, who they're either like, Oh no, I have to read this all the way through. Cause it might get better. And then there are people who are like, I just can't, I'm not going to continue on with this. And I'm actually one of those people. Like I, if I, if it's not grabbing me or if there's, people that I don't like in it. I mean, I think it's important to read about people you don't like about, read about people you don't like, but.
1: So you understand the.
0: Yeah, but if there's just, I don't know if the writing is bad, I just can't, I can't go on.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, that's actually very important too, is to put the book down. Because at times when you need it, because sometimes you get really competitive and you want to finish this book, but then you hate it. So you just don't want to pick it up. So then you're stuck in this phase of, picking up you know it's gonna work so so you resort for the third option which is just not reading at all yeah but then you have there are so many other great books and great things that you can read out there like you s- you mentioned sh- from graphic novels to short essays totally to, to like you know big pieces like you know war and peace or moby dick or mm-hmm. something like some that um which you know, I, I probably would read that in like what five six years until I build a deck. Yeah, I want I've never read about Moby yeah. Dick. That's what's on my list. It's, it, it, <laughs> it was. I tried to read it uh while ago because I was really ambitious. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna develop my English literature. Yeah. And then I picked up the Moby Dick, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I almost fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did fall asleep or something, but it was just it was it was when I was in eighth grade or something. Or
0: yeah, maybe you might be ready for Moby Dick. Maybe right now. Maybe yeah, or uh, maybe after your after your classes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. Um, What are some things that you would um, advise for people who would want to become librarians?
0: I think what really convinced me that I wanted to be a librarian was going and taking my first class in library school. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just like trying work, trying out working in a library. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of different libraries, like there are public libraries and there are academic libraries. There are libraries that are in museums. Um, There's also you know, archives, which is under the umbrella of librarianship. Mm-hmm. And um, they're librarians who only work with like rare books or in special collections. And you only really, I mean, I only really like discovered what jobs, what library jobs were out there when I went to school and I learned more about librarianship. In general and met people who were those kinds of librarians mm-hmm. um so i feel like if people are interested in in maybe pursuing a career in libraries to just start working in a library just you know being like an assist part-time assistant, or you know, putting books away, or even volunteering. Um, libraries always love having volunteers, and I've volunteered in some libraries myself, mm-hmm. um, just to get an idea of like how different libraries worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked in like art libraries and public libraries, and 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 I really do love working in academic libraries. So mm-hmm. it's good to get a taste of what's out there and, yeah. and what you might want to pursue within that
1: definitely and and this not only goes out to just aspiring librarians this goes out for everyone to to experience before knowing what you really want totally because there are so many options out there and for you you went from um first starting out in film industry or like in, in in production to performing arts all the way to library library which to me, in my mind, seems like uh, <laughs> two very different things. <laughs> well, you know? I mean, I've had so. like a
0: ton of jobs in between that too. Really? Like, yeah. I've 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 had a lot of different jobs. Really, um, and I feel like that's also important. Like, like maybe someday I won't want to be a librarian anymore, yeah. and I, I want to be open to having Trying different experiences and you know doing different things or you know possible career changes i think that that's just <laughs> for a person like me um that might you know that's i like trying out different things and definitely. um seeing what's out there
1: See, you seem like a perfect person for that too <laughs> yeah well just i'm trying. easily distracted <laughs> like, oh that that seems that's cool, so cool. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah um That's perfect. We've went all the way from starting from, you know, librarian and coming back to to librarian again. Full circle. Full circle. And (laughs) now comes a section, which is the final section, Mm -hmm. which is the final three questions I'll throw at you. Okay, um, oh gosh. With the little... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I need to figure out the, the drum says i I don't really understand oh yeah yeah those here, are fun those are fun anyways, <laughs> the first final question for you is what do you think the bigger picture of life is i
0: I think that um I think being a really good human being <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, and by that I I mean I think the bigger picture I think it's really important to think about the bigger picture and about humans as a community and how we can support and you know nurture our community with like you know it sounds really like a big hippie but <laughs> I do really believe like kindness, kindness, love and empathy mm-hmm. um, is really what it's all about
1: definitely answer yeah because community is 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 essential it's the core of everything mm-hmm. and connecting with reading too you you read to, to to be able to empathize to to learn to understand others and that's why reading is very important too second um final question what are some non-negotiable values that you have for your living
0: i think i'm i always want to be challenged
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and I always want to be working and living in in situations where there's a challenge that I have to, or there's a something that I have to work through, or you know, yeah, I'm really. Uh,
1: so you look for the growth, and yeah, the I'm always looking for that and the challenge and the yeah, new thi- newness, yeah,
0: not and not always like newness, but but. I like working with challenges and trying to solve problems. Not to say it's like, oh, it's non-negotiable, but I don't think I could be happy if I didn't have, um, you know, things that I was trying to make better or help or assist or you know, yeah, work on. I yeah. guess. Definitely. I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to have some great answers like an hour from now <laughs> when I think about this. <laughs> when, it, when, it, when it hits you. <laughs> yeah. The final,
1: final question. If there is one thing you, and if there's one last advice you can give to a younger version to yourself, what would it be?
0: I think I would say don't be afraid of how you, don't worry about how you think other people will see you. Mm-hmm. I think that I held myself back a lot because I was worried about looking, uh, seeming stupid or looking uncool or, you know, see, like I think that I didn't take as many risk risks because I was worried about what other people thought. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I would have just chilled out. Like just my my advice to my younger self is like just chill. And Take advantage of opportunities and Just don't care what yeah. other people think. Just follow your bliss. <laughs> Love it.
1: Love it. Um, <laughs> once again, that that was great. That was amazing. The great experience with the uh, experienced Yay, person of the studio herself. <laughs> Thank you for coming today. And uh did you have a good time here today?
0: Yeah, I had so much fun. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool because I like, you know, I n- I've never, even though I've trained a lot of kids on how to use <laughs> the, podcast to do, actually, like, the podcast studio, I've never actually like talked for more than like, you know, two minutes when I'm like showing people how to set the levels and stuff like yeah, that. Definitely. So no, it's so great to be here. <laughs> yeah.
1: From the backstage to the front stage. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for coming today and for listeners. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.